Welcome to Lamb of God Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Pray for you. And it really needs no introduction. Most of you know her. And we're thankful that the Holy Spirit uses her and hear the gifts of the Spirit, the word of prophecy that, um, as Scripture teaches, it brings those gifts bring encouragement, comfort, and strengthening to the body of Christ. So we want to pray for her right now. Father, we just thank you for Gail being with us this morning. We're excited that uh, of her presence being here and how you use her to encourage us in your Holy Spirit. And I pray you'd bless her with the anointing of your presence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. But um, I feel like I'm at a place with the Lord I've never been before. And I'm totally, madly in love with him. I used to hate it when people would talk like that. Because I was going, ooh, this is God. You don't talk about romantic stuff with God. But I feel madly in love with him. You know, um, what's her name? Christy at IHOP. See, uh, Misty. Sings, I'm in love with a man I've never seen. And that's how I feel. I'm madly in love with him. Well, this is what the Lord has been teaching me. We're going to go over Psalm 91, verse 1. And while you're getting there, I want you to say this. And you need to start saying this before you hear any message. Lord, I don't want to hear another sermon. Let this word change me. So I want us to say that now. Lord, let this word. Come on, guys. Lord, let this word. Lord, let this word change me. Change me. Who wants to hear another sermon? Although they're wonderful. <laughs> um, in fact, it sort of heaps up damnation to you if you just keep hearing things and hearing things and hearing things. You never act on them. They never change and they never become real. It would have been better you hadn't heard them. So I have never said this before in my ministry. I've been ministering 30 years, but I'm going to say it today. And some of you know me, and I don't lie much. No, I don't lie. Mm -hmm. If you will listen to what I'm going to teach on and do it, you will be changed forever. Nothing will change you like this, what I'm going to talk to to you about. The Word of God is to be simple. It's so complex and deep that you'll never get through it all. But it's supposed to be so simple that a toddler can walk in it. When this little man gets to where he can talk, he ought to be laying hands on the sick and seeing the dead raised and all those things. You know, you read about the great revivals in the past. The children were involved. They didn't leave them out. And it's because it's simple, the simplicity of the gospel. Well, Psalm 91, that whole psalm, talks about how he will deliver you from every trap and every disease. And I know people are saying, well, he didn't deliver my loved one. Well, let me ask you, are they in heaven sick? Are they in heaven suffering? So they're going to be delivered here or there. That's his promise to us. But the rest of Psalm 91 does you no good unless you do verse 1. He who dwells and the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place. God is in a secret place. You will then uh, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my God, in him will I trust. This is a declaration that I'm speaking over you and over me. I don't trust in my family. I don't trust in the government, certainly. I don't trust in my husband or my wife or income or being so cool and beautiful and fabulous. I'm trusting in God and him alone. You know, um, someone who dwells in a secret place, they don't go in and out. They go and they sit down. I used to have a friend, and I'd say, well, where do you live? She said, well, I live on Fourth Court, but I stay at 23rd Street. That always seemed so strange to me, and then I realized her background. She had a home with her parents and all on Fourth Court, but 23rd Street was where her grandmother was, and she stayed. She loved her grandmother. And so that is, that is the way it is with the Lord. It's going to become more and more that we dwell in a secret place. We go out and go to work. We go out and do whatever we have to do to take care of our family. But as soon as we can, we run back and we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I've asked the Lord what's happening in 2020. And he usually always gives me an outline. This year, all he says is secret place. And I want to tell you something. The old weapons aren't working. Have you been binding and rebuking and 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 loosing and binding and fighting and warring and you're buking and the demons aren't buking? Because it's not that something's wrong with you or the weapons. They were great. This is a whole new thing. There's been things loosed on this earth that are high above our pay grade. Thousands and thousands and thousands of year old beings that the Lord is now allowing to come on this earth. Have you noticed that everything's going crazy? You can't bind and loose our weapons against these things. God is saying, you come away and get in my presence. And I'll either tell you what to do or I'll take care of it. I love it when I get in his presence now and he doesn't say anything. So I think, glory to God, you're going to take care of it. Because they can't come in the presence of God. But you just relax and he will take care of and get those things off of you. There's been spirits of assassination loosed on whole countries. And you can't fight it the way we've always fought it. You get into God's presence. It's really very freeing, but it sounds trite. It sounds too simplistic. It's like when you're going through a struggle and somebody says, well, how are you? Just, just praise the Lord. And you want to say, I will as soon as I slap you, you know. <laughs> but so it sounds that way. But I'm telling you, it's not. It's unbelievable. This is how I used to pray. Oh, God, I'm not going to make it if you don't help me. And I need money and I need this. Please help me. Now, it's God, you're so wonderful and beautiful. You know that I need this over here, but you are so great. I remember when you saved me here and here, and all of a sudden, things that I've been praying and grieving over are just happening, and I'm not even having to pray about. That is a trip when somebody comes to you for counseling, and you say, well, don't pray about it anymore. They want to go, okay, this is how liberalism gets started. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just going to tell you a secret. You get into the presence of the Lord. You pour out your troubles, not like what I usually do in the past. Tell all my friends all my troubles so they'll feel sorry for me and say, poor Gail. 
No, you get before the Lord and you pour it out. And then at a point, you stop. And then you just start praising him for everything you can think of. And when you run out of things to you can think of to praise him, then you put on some praise music and you either pray in tongues or you just sing. Then you just sit quietly before him like two old married couples. You just sit quietly and be in his presence. That sounds like a formula, but peace will come. You stay in there until the peace comes. Uh, I have a friend in North Carolina. She's very well known. You probably know her, but uh, minister. But her son just went berserk. And he said, this is all BS. I'm sick of all this. And he said, I'm going to the casino. I'm going to get a woman and I'm going to drink. So we'd been praying. She's been fighting for him for years. And so I said, don't pray for him anymore. And she said, what? I said, you do what I'm just telling you. You get in the presence of God. You pour out your heart about your son. Then you stop. Then you start telling him how beautiful he is. Oh, I love you. You just go through however you communicate with him. Tell him all the wonderful things about him. Then you pray. Put on some praise music. You pray in tongues. And you just sit with him and worship him. Don't pray about him anymore. If it comes to you, that panic feeling, just say, thank you, God, you're going to take care of it. I've given it to you. So she said, well, I've tried everything else. I guess I will. So she did, and she called me about uh, two weeks ago, and she said, you're not going to believe this. She said, he called me from the casino, and he said, Mom, you're not going to believe this, because he doesn't believe in anything supernatural. He was sitting there. This man that was tattooed from the head to the feet came and sat down beside him, and the man looked over at him and said, "Uh, we're praying for your two daughters. He said, what? He said, excuse me a minute. The man got up and walked beside this, behind this man, and the man dropped some money, and the tattooed man picked up the money and gave it to him. He came back down, he sat down with the young boy and or young man, and he started telling him Bible stories. And he said, Mom, it was as if he had been there. And he said, it was just, I was just became on fire. And he said, excuse me just a minute. He walked behind this woman. Before she dropped some money, she dropped some money and he handed it to her. And he came and sat back down by him. And uh, he said, oh, I meant to tell you, the reason I've been sent here is to tell you that God really likes you. He likes you a lot. And he said, it just broke me. He said, I just started weeping. And I went over to thank him and he was calm. He said, now, Mom, that can't be an angel. Angels can't get tattooed. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, they're not Jewish. They're just angels, you know. And I said, he was probably trying to fit in that horrible place. He said, well, I noticed that he had a drink and a cigarette, but he never touched them. But he said, I want to come back to God. If he will do something like that for me, I want to come back. Now, how in the world could she have prayed for a tattooed man to come sit beside her son? Say so she would have never thought of that. But as she sat in the presence of God and gave it to him, he took over. I got your back now. Uh, another illustration. Um, there's a coffee house in Boone. Boone has lots of them. But one of them that I love. It's called Higher Grounds. And so I sit there and I was drinking my coffee. And this demon-possessed young man comes by. Not that I've got great discernment. This is how I know he's demon-possessed. He got prosthetic ears, so they're pointed. He has a hexagram on. He has a hood and a cape like a sorcerer. He has a staff 
that's blooming. And he walks around muttering to himself. So in the past, I've just said under my breath the things like this. In the name of Jesus, I claim him for the kingdom and you get out and leave. And every time my husband and I have been in the ministry forever, they would manifest or growl. My daughter can attest to that. We'd go swimming and people would just walk by and growl at her daddy. And I... Nothing. Nothing happened at all. It made me so furious. How dare they not do what I'm telling them? But I'm telling you, this is a new way that the Lord's handling things. So I went to the Lord in the, when I got alone with him that day. And I said, oh, by the way, why did that not work on that man when I commanded the demons? And the Lord said, I'm going to tell you what to do. You go and you hug him next time you see him. And you ask him, do you want to be free? You're playing with things now that are fun. But when they show their dark side to you, I'm going to be here at this coffee shop. And I have to know the spirit of God that's much more powerful than what you're playing with. And he can deliver you. Because the Lord said, if I had been successful, they would have come back on him seven times. He wants them. He thinks it's fun. And he would have been in the middle ward. So I'd see the new way to where I don't just go by... uh, Hey, I don't just go by the way you've always done it. You get along with the Lord. And if he says nothing, then you do nothing. That's the way I like it. Because then I just say, okay, I wonder how he's going to do this. How's he going to, how's he going to deliver me this time? You know, I'm not going to even think about it or worry about it. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's a group of people, and my purpose today is to get the ones of you who do pray to pray more. And the ones who are not getting in your secret place, start it. What's coming on this earth, this is the only thing that's going to protect you. And this seems ridiculous. I need to say, we need to go to boot camp and learn this doctrine and that doctrine, learn how to, because horrible things are coming. No, God's saying, no, you get with me. Get deeper and deeper and closer and closer and more intimate with me. Then when the horrible things come on the universe, you're going to be under the shelter of the Most High. And I'll protect you and I'll tell you what to do and what not to do. When you get in there, you're visiting your beloved. You start spending more and more time. At first, you might not be able to take it long. The hardest thing in the world is to be quiet. And sit before God. Now tell me 14 things to do and I can make my list and hey, I'm going for it. Push the gale button and I'm going. Bye, lover. Love you. Oh, okay. Because I got a word for you. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> but anyway, we're family here. Didn't mean to embarrass people. But when you more and more you get when you get a minute or in your in the car that might be your your secret place that's kind of a dangerous secret place because the holy spirit comes on you you'd be going 100 miles an hour and the police say oh you were in your secret place huh but anyway some people do it out hunting to get in their office and get alone wherever you close everything out and just a practical thing i keep a little pad 
And when the phone rings and I think, oh, that must be the president of the United States, I just think, I write it down. What was Aunt Myrtle's recipe for pecan pie? Write that down. Then I get it off of my mind. Oh, the laundry has to be done. Laundry. Then forget it. You know what I'm saying? So that you can get right back in to the secret place. Pretty soon those things don't happen very much. But at first, you'll think of the most amazing things to do and problems to the solving you, things that you've been praying about right in the middle of trying to get close to the Lord. So you just make yourself a note and you come back to it afterwards. Praise God. You've got to be a dweller and go into the deep things. You know, the hidden place is a clandestine place. When you're away, you've shut everything off, gotten rid of everybody. Uh, as a mom, you go to the bathroom. Maybe that's all you can do. My kids used to put put notes under the door. When you're coming out, you know. And I used to have a timer, and I'd say, when the timer goes off, then you can bother mommy. Of course, Amy Lynn was the only one that all of a sudden I thought, well, that was a fast 30 minutes. Well, she learned to push the timer to make it done. Telling them. <laughs> when you emerge from this secret place, it won't happen maybe the first time. Maybe it will. You come out as a whole different person. After a while, it doesn't take long. You go in an introvert, you come out an evangelist. You go in a truck driver, you're going to come out a prophet. This is what's going to happen in the end days. These are the people who are going to bring in the end time revival. The no-name people who have learned to be in the secret with God. He's bringing them out of obscurity. Most secret place people are kind of quiet, but in these end days, the Spirit of God's going to come on them. You, there's people in the secret praying for you that you don't even know about. Grandmothers that are on their knees. Husbands, wives, friends who are interceding for you. These are the type of people that we are to be. You go in the secret place and you tell God everything and you don't even ask him for anything. Because I have a tendency, this is my need and this is how you can answer it, God. You know, I got it all figured out. But you don't find that in the Bible. They just say, help and then he goes, okay, well, when you see the trees move, then you go do this and that. And then I noticed the next time the Philistines came against David, the same people he'd just beaten up, he didn't say, well, I know exactly how to do that. We beat them last time. He went to the Lord and said, what do I do? Do I go up? Do I not go up? And it's the same thing. You come into an intimate, deep, quiet place. And I don't like to teach things that I'm not hearing a lot of people teach. Um. My pastor has taught me that's not this mine. Okay. That you're supposed to have scripture for everything and oh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's all right. Mm-hmm. I won't fire you this time. <laughs> but um if nobody's teaching what you're teaching, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Maybe you're wrong. So if I get something I just sit on it if I don't hear anybody talking about it but uh three nights ago i went on the internet and people that i really admire are teaching the secret place the secret place so this is what god is saying now and sometimes when you get in the secret place the more the harder it gets outside of that secret place 
So the more you're drawing into God, the enemy will start pounding on that door. Come out. Come out. This circumstance is happening. That's happening. That needs your attention. Come out. Because he knows that if you will stay in there and get intimate with your beloved, that you will come out in authority. You'll emerge in power. Do you remember the old stories of like when Smith Wigglesworth and all these people would just go get their hair cut and people in the barbershop would say, oh my God, what must I do to be saved? They hadn't said a thing. It was the Spirit of God that was just coming out of them. How does that happen from being in the presence of God? I've read places where people would try to pray with Smith Wigglesworth and they would be crawling out saying, I can't take it anymore, you know. Just have to get intimate. The enemy's going to fight this because this is where it is at. If you can get this down, there's no defeat. There's only joy and intimacy with your lover. People of, um, unfortunately, Father Glenn and I were talking this morning, they think that if they go to a meeting, they'll get that anointing or if some special person can lay hands on them. They'll get some special anointing to be able to solve all their problems. No, it's in the intimate place. You come here to be taught and learn. But you don't get intimate and have a personal relationship with the Lord except in secret. You remember the most scary scripture in the Bible is, Depart from me, I never knew you. And these are not evil, wicked sorcerers. They're people who are in the ministry. They're, they're delivering people. They're getting seen people get saved. And Jesus says, I don't know you. We never got together. You work real hard for me, but you, we don't know each other. He's not going to say that to me. I'm going to know. Sometimes I just sit there and I just say, here I am. Know me. Not that I'm big and brave, but if there's something in there, get it out so that I can live in victory and power with you. Oh, praise God. I just can't tell you how life-changing this has been to me. I've seen people that will do what I'm telling them, and they come out after a, with this one lady after a month of doing it every day, and she started to try to explain to me what was happening, and she didn't realize she was speaking in tongues. She, got, she was so filled with the Spirit that she couldn't even speak in English when she talked about it. It was so intimate and so powerful. If you will do this, you will emerge in authority. You'll go in one way, you come out another. I have people ask me, why is the devil fighting me so hard? Because he doesn't want you to open what God's giving us now in this in time. It's a period of rest. Can you see it? You just sit before him and rest. There's no striving. Unless he tells you to fight, you don't even fight. Praise God. And we want our secret places to be like Daniel, where he just opened the window and he prayed three times a day. But no, our secret places are in the lion's den. <laughs> We're quiet before God in the lion's den. That is very powerful. When you can be going through hell and you just put it all aside and you get quiet before the Lord. That's great authority. God is proving to you that he is God in the middle of the lion's den. Amen. So he was saying, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I, I've heard people say, and I've felt this way, that I feel like I'm holding on by a thread. And God says, you're not holding on by a thread. You're fixing to emerge in victory because your secret place was not a secret place of comfort. Your secret place was in a lion's den. And you let me show you and prove to you that I'm God. And you can feel like you're getting really close. I'm just about to get and enter into the next thing with God and boom, a disease comes or you get a big, huge bill or something like that. And it just throws you for a loop. You get up in your quiet place. You put on the music and you worship. And pretty soon that peace starts coming back again. The devil has no weapons against that. He has no weapon against the presence of God. Praise God. Don't go in and out, but constantly being in his presence. Think about it. God is very unpredictable, but he has patterns the way he likes to do things. And one of those patterns is secrecy, the secret place. Mary conceived Jesus in a secret place. He was born in a secret place. The whole world didn't know what was happening. It was a secret. He went to Gethsemane to get ready to die in a secret place. He died and went into hell and brought and defeated death in the grave secretly to us. Now, the spirit realm knew what was happening. But did the world know? Even his believers didn't know what was happening. He secretly defeated the devil. And the way you're going to conceive your promises is in the secret place. They're going to be birthed out of the secret place. I have been real needs, big needs, praying for God. I just get in the secret place, and all of a sudden I get a text message. Somebody will come to my door with the answer for what I had been praying for, but not praying for anymore. I'm just going before the Lord and just present my problem to him, cry it out or whatever. But not the begging and the pleading. I'm just in his presence, and you're going to take care of it. He wants to conceive in you through the secret place. Think about it. 120 people were writing in the upper room. They were in a secret place. The greatest revival the world had ever seen came with these 120 people. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just waiting. They were told to just wait in the secret place. 3,000 people a day got saved because they had a great strategy. No, they were just in the secret place with the Lord. The uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this country was in Azusa Street, not a mega church. They used to say that the black minister would put a sack over his head to minister so that nobody could, he could get no attention. And um, when the move of God started, of course, people would start coming, different ministers, to try to get some fame and recognition. And the people in the audience would put them down, shut them down, say, uh-uh. That's not the sp- We want humility. We want no-named people because they learn to be in the secret place. He who dwells. Let's say this after me. He who, who dwells, dwells in the secret place. In the secret place. Of the Most High. Of the Most High. Shall abide. Shall abide. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. I've had people say, I can't find God. And I said, because he's in secret. Mm -hmm. You've got to get into secret with him. 
God is so opposite from what we think. We think that he ought to, um, if I'm having a hard time hearing, he needs to crank it up and talk louder to me. But he goes, I'm not going to compete against your worries or the TV. You're going to have to crank everything down, and then I'll whisper to you. That's so opposite, you know, of what we think God wants to do. He wants to meet with us in secret. So then who gets credit for everything? God. Praise his holy name. Lord, we pray this word change us. We pray this word change us, Lord. Enable us to get into your presence more and more and more. Father, we know that what's coming on this earth is very evil. And you want to defeat it with your secret weapons. Your secret weapons. God, I want you to be so, I want to be so full of you that when I go places, your presence is there and people recognize something is, has entered the room. Lord, we don't want church anymore. We don't want doctrines. We want you. And if you have to shake everything up and tear everything down, come on and do it. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Um, I've forgotten what your name is, sir, but I have a word for you. Yes. And the word is that the demonic opposition and resistance has been like nothing you've ever endured before. And the enemy has been screaming through circumstances in every direction, abort, abort your mission. But the Lord says, no, a new mission. A new mission. He's going to give you new shoes for the new move of my spirit. The enemy is saying, give up. But the Lord has decreed, decreed to you, come up. Revelation 4, 1. So, so look at that scripture. And when I give you a scripture, that's for you personally to meditate on and see what God reveals to you. Praise God. And I felt like you, beautiful woman. That, uh, and you can take a picture of these later if you want to. Picture of the words for your phone. Romans 12, 1 and 2, and Joshua 3, 5. God is healing by the Spirit of God in his love and revelation of your identity. He recognizes that there are areas of wounding, but he's not going to baby you over them. He wants to burn them out with your consecration to him. He's, chow- he's calling you to consecrate yourself to the Lord, to be separate. Come aside and be positioned in a place of intimacy with him, to know him and be a friend of God. Deep purification is coming to you. Embrace it. Embrace his fire. Forsake all of the lovers and return to the first love. But your identity is going to be so strong in him that nothing that the enemy can ever accuse you of anymore can affect you. Praise you, Lord. And um, your daughter here. What's her name? Elise. <laughs> She's not your daughter? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, she looked at me like, I'm crazy, but the Lord says, who told you that? God is exposing lies and expectations that you have been living under that weren't spoken by the Lord to you. There are expectations of man, limitations and words that, uh, that have been spoken of you that didn't come from his heart. The feeling of pressure 
is not from him. Whatever's sucking life and joy out of you is not from him. Lies of what's expected of you, how it's meant to look, what you're supposed to be doing. He's going to give you freedom and rest from all that and break you out of the mold of expectation. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I never get words. I've been given words, many, many words. I never get them. But a wonderful man of God, I don't know if you guys know him, his name was Johnny Foote. He just passed and went to heaven, but he gave me a prophecy in Boone. And <laughs> it made me laugh because it was so true. He said, you don't have, he's real country, he said, you don't have anything. All you, I see you just riding a unicycle. You don't even have four wheels. You just have one wheel. And you say, well, bless God, I'm going to use that one wheel. And that, <laughs> it made me laugh because it was so true. I had nothing. But as you use that one wheel, it becomes joy. Joy unspeakable. And um, there's a prayer warrior, and I think that it's you, Bridget, that you are a prayer warrior, but this is what the Lord is saying to you. If you could see all that's happening in the spirit when you pray, you'd pray a lot more. God wants to use you. Now, this sounds like I'm flattering you, but this is what he God wants to use you to usher in a great movement of prayer. A great awakening of the power of prayer. And 2 Kings 6.17 is the scripture for you. Ask him, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see what's happening in the spirit when I pray. Repent for any unbelief and doubt and watch the spirit of God draw you into a season of the greatest revelation on the power and prayer of seeing what's happening when you pray. And I tell you, a whole lot of giants are going to come down, Bridget. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I have a one of the people my husband wanted me to pray for, well, he was my husband. He's not my husband anymore. The Lord told me to quit calling. I talk about him like he's still here and he's, we're still married. But my wonderful man that's in heaven, he wanted me to pray for his cousin who has a bed and breakfast up in Boone. And she's a Hindu and all of her friends are Hindu. There's thousands of Hindus up there. And I go to visit her. She loves me. She keeps inviting me back. And I just share with her like I'm sharing with you. No holes barred. And they laugh at me and everything, but they ask me to come back. But um, I was telling her about seeking God in the secret places. She said, I never have any of these things that you're happening happen in my life. She said, I guess you're just in tune to Mother Gaia and the universe and you are in, in sync and so trying to talk to her is like trying to talk to that wall, you know. But I'm just praying that something comes through when I talk to her. But that's the new freedom that I have. I'm just being me and real before the Lord and before people. And she was saying, I said, well, you know, I'm really seeking after God. And she says, oh, you don't have to do that. God's in this table. God's here. God's in this floor. And I said, well, you know, it's really hard to have a personal relationship with this table. And she laughs and everything. So I don't know how much she's getting. But the freedom to witness like that now is wonderful. I don't have to go study, although I did, just for, you know, knowledge, how to witness to a Hindu. 
I just get in the presence of God and say, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going up to her bed and breakfast tonight. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to say anything or not say anything? And they like to sort of tease me and shock me. And I don't let it shock me, even though it always does. But uh, she said, we're not vegetarians anymore. We're vegans, Mm -hmm. which means they don't even eat eggs or cheese or anything. If it has a face or had a mother, we don't eat it. So I said, well, you know, that sounds like the story in Daniel where he decided to eat vegetables and fruit. Who? Do you know that in America there's thousands of people? None of these people. Where I was at Thanksgiving with when this came up. There was uh, about 50 people there. None of them had heard of Daniel. So I got a Bible. I brought it to them. I marked it in the Bible. And I said, here, read this. And um, he read it out loud to the whole group. And so I thought, well, you know, the word of God doesn't come back void. Maybe that little bit will do something. And I left the Bible with him. And I said, there's many more wonderful stories like that in here. you know. But the freedom that God had given me. And Amy Lynn, I, I hate to tell you this. This is your word. <laughs> and I got the scriptures. Yeah. Well, you know, you want to get a word. You are going to prosper and everything's going to be fabulous. And if you go on those websites that say all that, can that possibly be for everybody? It reminds me of uh, of the astrology, Christian astrology. There's a new paradigm shift and you're all going to be blessed and it's all going to be wonderful and fabulous. Romans 8, 26. And I've got all this. You can take a picture. Of it. Luke 22, 44. Galatians 4, 19 through 20. This is what he's saying to you, Emily. The deepest repentance and travail is coming on the body, and it will move mountains and bring forth shifts, bring rapid deliverance, realignment. It's going to impact cities and nations. What? Repentance and travail. What weak things. This is what he's saying to you. This travail is going to reconnect you with the heart of God the fire of holiness will burn bright in you his purification fire will move intensely in the travail that you enter into and he says welcome the travail welcome him and the move of his spirit travailing is not fun but as you do that Amy you're going to reconnect with him like never before and you know what I'm talking about. You've been in travail before. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I feel myself getting really, really weak. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got a hook on it. I think maybe I'm going to just wrap it up. I've got one more word. And of course, that's for Nicholas. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I had a dream the other night, and I don't dream. I know everybody dreams, but I don't remember them. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I think spiritual dreams, correct me, Father, if I'm wrong. I've been wrong once before. (laughs) Uh, Are vivid, and you can't forget them. And so I dreamed real vividly. I was in a church meeting, and I looked over. My purse was open. My billfold was open. Money was hanging out. And somebody had taken $10. So when I woke up, I went and looked up 10, and that means trial or test. 
So I knew instantly. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go through a test with money. And without, because I've been in this secret place for three years now, I just said, okay, I want to see what's in there. Is it a D? Is it a C plus? Am I going to pass the test? I want to pass with an A plus, Lord. Can I pass this test with an A plus? So I come here, and this is my once a year thing where I reconnect with people, and I make a little extra money so that it fills in the gaps. You know, people are people, and they forget to send their support to you or whatever. So this money is kind of I just save it and use it through the year. Well, then I'm so sick I can't go speak. And people are so weird. They won't give you money when you don't go speak. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew it was a test. And I just said, hey, I'm getting to the secret place with you today. And thank you. You're going to take care of the finances. I'm not, and before I would have said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I, I started fighting and, you know, yeah, it's just going to be a test. And I'm not afraid of tests. I used to do really good at tests. Oh, this is, I won't, didn't want to forget, the Lord put an exclamation here for you, uh, Stephanie. He said, I want you to live without debt and without obligation or burden. This will never happen until you clear the books of everything that you think is owed you by others. The mercy you extend to others is the measure of my mercy that's going to reach back to you. And into your life, you're going to have deeper than you would ever know. Be correctable, says the Father. Give to me all those injustices and inequities of your life, and I will right the scale. I will close up every wound and heal every bruise in you. Amen. Praise God. Lord, seal this to Stephanie. For some reason, you put an exclamation point. You want to just... Bless her and for her to live free, 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 free. It says without debt, or obligation, or burden, or that you don't owe anything to anybody, you're free. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that word. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Hallelujah. I want you to encourage your children to, from the earliest ages, to hear from the Lord. And don't poo-poo it when they say something. We now, in our services, we let the little ones come and pray and lay hands on people that are sick. And if they raise their hand in the service, we put the microphone, we stop everything and give them the microphone. And sometimes they're just being kids. They go, la, 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 la. But sometimes they'll say, Jesus just told me that, that you're really afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus loves you. You know, these little bitty ones. And there was a two-year-old that I told her, I said, did you know the Holy Spirit is not old like me? The Holy Spirit is not little and young like you? You can hear just like your daddy. She went running around the church going, I can hear just like my daddy. But I'm telling you, the next generation of kids are not going to be religious like we are. You don't think you're religious? Yeah, you are. We've all got something. God wants to break through. That's the thing he was saying to me about Nicholas, that Nicholas has thought things in his life were a fault, but they're not. God wants to lead you, Nicholas, into totally different things than you've experienced, the new things. He wants to let you be so free of any religion 
and so wild in him that it's absolute fun just to be with him. And he is going to bring you into things that other people have never thought about or prayed about. And um, that critical eye that you have, that's from him. You can just cut through all the bull crap. You just see right to the heart of things. That's him. That's his spirit. That's what he does. Also, a hard thing about you is he's going to sever every attachment that's hindering you. Um, and there, you're, you have a good heart. You want people to go with you. And God said they're not going to go. If, when you will cut them out, then I will even cause your mistakes to prosper because your heart will be right with me. I recently had to cut my very best friend in Boone, not here, say something, but <laughs> my very best friend in Boone, mm-hmm. I had, we went everywhere together. I had so much fun with her, but she's very critical, and I have a problem with that. I used to, Jay used to say, you're being critical, and I'd say, no, I'm just observant. Mm-hmm. I learned as a nurse to be observant. Uh, or as the Downton Abbey grandmother said, I just evaluate people correctly. <laughs> so, um, but I found myself saying, yeah, I know, aren't they, you know, and just joining in with her. And the Holy Spirit said, you're not going to go any further unless you cut that off. And so I went to her and it hurt her very badly. And I was so sorry, but there was no other way to do it. I just said, I love you, but I have a problem. I put it on me. I just said, when I'm around people that are sarcastic, I get sarcastic. And I can out-sarcastic the sarcastic. And when people start talking about people, I do. And i got to stop. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to hang around you anymore. I'm not going to hang around anybody. Well, she sent emails to everybody and their uncle and aunt, how, what a dog I was. But I knew I did the right thing. And that proved that I did the right thing. <laughs> you know? But, um. God is going to sever all hindering attachments in your life, Nicholas. He wants to gather you into a higher place. That you, he wants to ratify the promises that he's given you. And when you separate from those contaminating connections that have not, do not, and never ever have served my purposes when you obey me in this, then the promises will be made sure. I will protect you and even make your mistakes to prosper because then your heart will be right before me. Praise God. I have some other words, but if you want to come afterwards, I'll be glad to pray for anybody that's sick, which is ironic since I'm getting over mm-hmm. being sick. But if you will trust that the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom, when you're sick, that's your, when you're the most anointed to pray. I'm just telling you, it's hilarious. You get to where sometimes you just look up and laugh at God. You can be so close to him. Um, my favorite minister was Jack Hayford. He came to Israel when I was there. I was so excited. I fixed up all cute. I was going to mix, meet Jack Hayford. They had a big meeting, and they introduced him to everybody and the dog and not me. And I had to just look into heaven and laugh. And say, I know this is too much to be coincidence. This is you. 
And my son said, go over there, Mom, and take care of those kids. They're being wild. So I went over there to take care of the kids, and there was these two Jewish ladies from France. And long story short, I got to lead them to Messiah. We went downstairs. We were baptized in the tub because there was no place in Jerusalem to baptize them. And the next day, they went back to um, France. They've been leading people to the Lord. They've led some um, Muslims to the Lord. I recently called them because there's a lot of persecution for Jews in, in France right now. I said, why don't you guys come back and make Haleon? They go, this long silence. Well, why would we do that when we're needed here the most? I said, oh, excuse me, I'm an American. We run from everything that hurts, you know. But my point is, there was a point in there somewhere. Uh, as you get along with the Lord, you can even have secret things that you just laugh at. And I think that that's what the Lord is doing with you, Nicholas. It's too much to be. I taught my children this. And uh, what's his name? Gibbs taught him. There's no such thing as coincidence. And I'm telling you, it's the truth. So when something happens that seems coincidental, just believe it, it's the Lord. There's a scripture that says the die is cast, but the outcome is totally of the Lord. And it's really true. Lord, we praise you and worship you. Oh, how I adore you. You are my everything. If you don't meet me, I have nothing. Other people have good looks. Other people have money. I have you. And don't let anything, Lord, come between us and you. Teach us to get private and secret with you. We honor you and love you. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope to see you next time.